is A-M-E-M, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. It is an absolute delight to be surrounded by the fabulous aroma of cigars, the clanking of glasses featuring exceptional libations. We have moved the forward theater of operations. Our command center alpha has gone to a remote location as we have left the friendly confines of the Cigar Dave and Alpha Male Entertainment Network headquarters. Very close by to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. And we have go- will be enjoying some great cigars as always. We have a special single malt scotch in honor of a very special find over in Scotland. The oldest distiller, whiskey distillery in the world may have been discovered. We will celebrate that. And, of course, we will talk about Alpha Male Good Life Pleasure Maneuvers front and center. Long Ash greetings and salutations, a Long Ash snappy salute, semper delictatio, always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, your five-star commanding general and global alpha male-in-chief, front and center, as always, we welcome you, and don't forget, follow me on social media, go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You will see all the various links to our social media, and you can follow us there. Twitter is at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Cigar Dave. It is uh, a pleasure to welcome a longtime friend, special guest, occasional member of the crew uh, when we do uh, Ford Theater of Operations uh, live broadcasts. Captain Eric, who joins us, combination between the Philadelphia Theater of Operations, the Charlotte Theater of Operations, and of course now the Cigar City Theater of Operations, and I should say an aviation and flying mentor and instructor to me, also on staff at the uh, of Alpha Army One, the official transportation, uh, transportation air device of the Cigar Dave Show. Captain Eric, greetings. Thank you for having me, General. Always a pleasure to be here, and uh, as far as the flying goes, it's just Always an honor to ride along with you. I, I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, offering a whole lot when we're flying together. It's uh, totally in your command, and uh, just you just show me. You need to talk about the check ride you just took. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one thing I've learned from you and my good friend, of course, Captain Sai, who was your mentor too, Absolutely. starting way back Absolutely. at uh, at US Air, 1981. 1981. Yeah. Tell, well, tell the yeah. story about Captain Sai before we get into that. Tell the story about Captain Sai when you first met him, what he said about bottled water. Do you remember that sure. story? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We, I was coming from, I was flying for a commuter airline at the time, Southern Jersey Airways, and we, I was where, going. Where's, I never heard of Southern Jersey Well, we were, we were based, we had like a dual base between Atlantic City and Cape May, New Jersey, and a beautiful uh, area there. You know, just really, uh, it, I mean, when they say the Garden State, it's the truth, because I always used to think of uh, coming from Indiana, I thought, you know, it was like Newark or yeah, something. What exit? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And what were you flying, a Twin Otter? Twin Otter. To Havilland yeah, Twin yeah, Otter, yeah, which Twin is Otter. still 
fixed gear, yeah. still flown in the yeah. islands in the yeah. Caribbean. Yeah, 140 Very knots up, 140 knots level flight, 140 knots straight down. You know, just Easy. whatever. So but the only thing, the weird is the throttles are yeah, not the below top. you, they're above you. Is on that kind of weird? That's right, that's right. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, at the time, she was my fiance, my wife now, Lori, got me a pair of dice to hang. <laughs> From the throttles up there, yeah. So I had uh, I had some dice hanging from the throttles. Did up you there. have spinners on the uh, on the yeah. landing gear? Uh, you know, what covers. <laughs> Did, uh, <laughs> we, we didn't we didn't need the drag, so we wouldn't do that. No. But when I met Captain Sy, I was going from Philadelphia back to Indianapolis, and he was flying a Bach 111. BAC 111, yeah, yeah, which they, great. they took over from Mohawk Airlines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah, great. That thing was great. built like a tank. It was, it was. Great, little, yeah, worst thunderstorm I was ever in was actually in a Bach 111. What were you doing in a thunderstorm, Captain uh, This uh, captain I was flying with, uh, you know, we had got some bad information from the airplane. People's Express, remember People's Express? Sure. They were in front of us. They had gone through this line, and then we were next, coming through this little line, and... Uh, I, boy, at one point I thought the wings are going to come off this thing, but it really? was built like a tank, really. So it, uh, we no, that, in those days they didn't have the great Doppler radar that no. we have on board today. No, he only had a little radar that little he green, would, the green, yeah, light. and he would like put his head down so he could see it, you know, just kind of painting whatever <laughs> over there on there. But uh, yeah, so anyway, nothing like what you have now in your airplane. You know, phenomenal radar. It's just so. Now, nice well, now stuff. you also get the XM Nexrad, which is incredible. Yeah. You get that in addition to the uh, live uh, radar. But it's amazing the technology is yeah. different. The steam gauges and everything yeah. compared to today. Yeah. But so, okay, so go okay, ahead. so anyway, so anyway, I'm, I'm going to ride jump seat. It was such a privilege to sit in the front of this big jetliner. You know what is it? Seventy-two passengers or so. Oh, it's my, more than that. Yeah, my airplane holds three hundred now. Right. So. But but it was like you know seventy plus passengers or something. Right. And I'm going to get in this thing, and I ask. I said, would it be possible to ride in the jump seat, Captain? And he looks back at me. He says, Why would you want to do that? <laughs> I'm like, Well, it's just the view up here is cool, and it's just really I just something I wanted to do. So he said, Yeah, pull up pull up a seat, kid. You know. So I sat down and and um, he proceeds to grill me about, okay, what kind of airplane you fly, what's this, what's that, and all this. And so we're, we're taxiing out. And uh, I said, hey, there's my airplane right there. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 I think he used the word cute or something like that. So <laughs> I said, yeah, but anyway, it's, it's a good airplane to build time in and everything. And, and he said, yeah, he says, hey, let me ask you something. He said, what, what, what do you get paid over there? What, if it's not too bold of me to ask, what, what do you, what do you make over there? And I literally had a paycheck in my pocket that I was taking back to the bank, and it was two hundred and sixty-two dollars. What year was this? Nineteen eighty-one. Two hundred sixty. What did that represent? One uh, two, uh, a week of flying? Oh well, no. That's see, that's part of the story. Okay, go he ahead. Said, okay, I won't. I won't. No, 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 no. He said, okay, two hundred and sixty-two dollars. He said that's not bad. He's doing the math. He said that's thousand uh, dollars a month. He said yeah, twelve thousand back then. For a first officer, a co-pilot on this little 19-passenger twin hunter, he goes, that's livable. I said, um, Captain, that, that's for two weeks. <laughs> and he said, wait, wait you're telling me you live on $130 a week? <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, I hate to say so, but that's, that's my take-home pay. And he said, hey, we taxied a little bit farther. He turned around. He had the airplane stop. He said, he goes, kid, I, I don't want to depress you. He said, but I, I can't get that out of my mind. $130 a week. He goes, I'm going to tell you, he said, my Perrier bill runs more than that a month. So. <laughs> he told so, us that story. Yeah, we were cracking He's, up. Uh, and, and then, of course, and he, that was Allegheny at the time. And then you joined Al, uh, or yeah. it became U.S. Air. It just, when you joined. Yeah, it, it became U.S. Air. And, when so. did, and then did, how did you run into Captain Cy again when you joined the, the big airline? 
Well, uh, I think the first time was uh, possibly when I was going through the DC-9 training. He was a Czech airman. And then I became a Czech airman also on the 9 and then the 80 and then the little bus and everything. So we just kind of followed each other around the training department for a long time and became very close friends. And, of course, he introduced us uh, 20 yeah, years think, ago? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, Close somewhere to, about that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere when you were doing the 18. show up in Charlotte. That's right. Exactly right. And and uh, Captain Sai retired at U.S. Airways as the number two seniority-ranked captain, which is pilot of, not just yeah. captain, pilot of the entire airline. Exactly. And how many th- thousands of pilots at the time yes, at U.S. Airways? Yes, probably had uh, 5,000, 6,000 pilots. Which is pilots. incredible. Yeah. He started, he told me, he's a first officer on a DC-3. Yeah, DC-3. Which is incredible. And he was the first pilot that was checked out and certified to fly the Airbus A330. Yes. Big uh, international wide-body a plane. That's what I uh, went over now. to Toulouse, France, and was trained, and then down in Miami, and then he taught everyone else. Mm-hmm. And of course, he put me in the A330 simulator, and uh, you have, and yes. had a ton of experience, and we share a lot of laughs. We have Mick the Brit, and this leads into a perfect, perfect seg because now you're an international captain for American Airlines. Yes. Uh, and you fly to Charlotte and Philadelphia, and you fly one of your routes is Charlotte or Philadelphia to London. Yes, the Sterling. Also known as the European. Theater of Operations. Yes, thank you. Thank and you see the colonel in charge of the European Theater absolutely. of Operations, Mick the Brit. Yes, absolutely. And you always go out and you have cigars and a lot of laughs and some libations. Always. I'm always getting pictures or you always uh, FaceTime me with, with Mick, of course. And this is, leads into the perfect, perfect segue. Because yesterday, November 30th, marked the 144th birthday of Sir Winston Spencer Churchill, born November 30th, 1874. And when you think about Winston Churchill, one of the great statesmen of all time, one of the great orators, if you could understand him, uh, if he was sober, or the great prime minister of, of, uh, of the United Kingdom and Britain, you think about cigars and you think about scotch whiskey. And so yesterday, the 144th celebration, in fact, today our libation, Tommy D., the general manager of the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge and executive vice president of Spirits Procurement for all the Corona Cigar Stores and Lounges in the Davidoff Lounge here in Tampa, just brought us a bottle of the Macallan Edition Number 4, a very limited edition whiskey. So he will tell us about that during the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. But what an absolute perfect segue, Captain Eric. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, obviously, I don't think... uh Mick and I have had this because uh, I, I don't think uh, the colonel would spring for this, you know. So, Mick the Brit has listen. I get his expense budget uh, <laughs> checks or expense reports all the time. All I know is, you know, Mick's got very expensive taste. <laughs> so I don't know what he's talking about, or he's hogging it up for himself. I think so. I think so. He, now, now you, when you go over, you obviously are a. a, a Spirit connoisseur, you mostly gravitate towards beer, correct? Yeah, we'll have uh, a good, uh, you know, a cask ale, which is always tasty over there. Uh, and Mick has always got great places to take us for uh, little pubs. Uh, the crew will go with me. Uh, you, everybody gets a kick out of Colonel Mick. Of course they do, absolutely. And, uh, and of course, the food that we have over there. A lot of people make fun of the English food, but uh, Mick's, he, he knows where to go, and we always have some really good food over there. We always listen. I, I I enjoy the you got the fish and chips, you got the uh, bangers and mash, you got the shepherd's pie. You can never go wrong with that. No, that is that is, that is good food. It's exactly. better than some of the foo foo 
food that you get, you know, at these five-star restaurants where they give you, you need an electron microscope <laughs> to see the portion, and it costs you, what, $400 by the time you're out of there. Then you've got to go to McDonald's or a deli to get a sandwich because you're still hungry. <laughs> that is the worst. Now, of all the, you primarily travel to Europe. Yes. Uh, you don't do South America, don't do Asia. What's nope. the furthest you've gone? Uh, well, I used to do... Uh, Tel Aviv? Tel Aviv was the furthest, and we pulled out of that market, unfortunately. Uh, one of our... I'll let you make a commentary. Yeah, but I can't. Planes were always <laughs> packed. I, I can't. <laughs> but, Go figure. But anyway, yeah. so what were the favorite of all the places you went to? Start uh, The most western was probably, what, Dublin? Uh, yes, Dublin. I Tel Aviv. Yeah, so my airplane does not do Shannon, but Dublin is the furthest west. And then we go to Manchester, England, uh, London, Heathrow. We used to go into Gatwick. We don't anymore, which we missed that, too. That was a great place. So what's your favorite city in terms of uh, food, people, libations, just in general? It's got to be, be Munich. Munich. I mean, yeah, I mean, I miss Tel Aviv. I, I like Athens. I like uh, Rome and Venice, do both of those. But uh, Munich, I just... Munich, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, Your yeah. name, Captain Eric. Yeah. Aha. You yeah. fly for the Luftwaffe, yes? Yes, yes. yes. Aha. Ace, Ace Jordan. Yes. So what uh, hottest dames in all of Europe? So you don't go to the Czech Republic. You missed hottest that one. Dames? Hottest, hottest dames? Hottest dames. I, I would say the uh, most robust and rotund dames, Munich during Oktoberfest. Yes. But what, hottest, hottest dames? Gosh. Uh, I mean, Athens has probably, got to have some beautiful television. They do. They do. And uh, probably maybe Italy. I oh, think, Italy. You know? Sophia Loren. Yeah. Oh, Sophia yeah. Loren. You, I'll tell, you know what? Here's another thing, though. In Spain, it's always surprising. Mm. I do Barcelona and Madrid both. And in the morning, especially in Madrid, when everybody's going to work, the women there are always dressed to the nines. It's amazing that, that you know, we don't always have that here. And there, it's just, I mean, they're... They're very elegant. There's they no are. Question. They are. The, they the, are. The European women, but the Spanish women. Yes. Barcelona, they have that Mediterranean, oh, exotic yes. look. Italy, same thing. Yeah. I need to hang out with you uh, in, the, uh, in the jump seat and hang, you know, head over to uh, the European Theater of Operations and, uh, and check things out. And by the way, I should also say, we have brought the junior member of the Cigar Dave Canine Security Detail. We've got Baron, eight months old, who's right underneath you, Captain Eric. He's uh, securing me from you. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, he's, he's very relaxed, very calm. He is gorgeous. Sultan is back at, uh, at, uh, at the Pleasure Palace as he's now up there in years. He's 13, so it's a little tougher time uh, getting around, but he's still a great dog, and they both get along fantastic. So we bring Baron, and he's actually the unofficial mascot of the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, according to Tommy D uh, over here, the GM. All right, when we come back, we're, uh, we're going to talk about, we've got to congratulate Jose Oliva of Oliva Cigars. He has assumed a very prominent and important post in the Florida state government. We will get to that. And also, Captain Eric, when we come back after the cigar litation libation ceremony, I got a great story about uh, a mother's daughter's name, and some employees at Southwest Airlines were mocking her. And when I tell you the name, it's very appropriate the kid should be mocked. <laughs> or the mother, really, for naming the kid that name. So we will talk about that. Much more to get to. It is Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers, Cigars, Spirits, uh, Dames, Libations, uh, Grilling, and, of course, just general Alpha Male Conversational Maneuvers, front and center on The Cigar Dave Show. You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. 
by following the general. You'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what the general is smoking. Click like at facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now, if you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Well, tomorrow night, the first night of Hanukkah 2018, we are now officially in the holiday season. We've got Hanukkah, and then Christmas, and then New Year's, and it is hard to believe that we are in December and approaching the end of 2018. It has gone absolutely too quickly, but Hanukkah begins, and that means one thing, the Festival of Litation, our tribute to Hanukkah, eight nights of cigar litation ceremonies and we will begin Sunday evening every night at CigarDave.com as well as social media we will post a special cigar I have selected almost all the cigars but for the very first night we'll be enjoying a very special Padron family reserve I'm giving a little hint there so eight nights eight different cigars during the festival of litation and to those that celebrate a very happy Hanukkah all right Jose Oliva of Oliva Cigars, has been on the show many times, longtime friend, has been a guest. Uh, we've, I see him all the time down in Miami at the Cigar Retailers Convention. And 
In my duties as a member of the Board of Directors of the Florida Association of Broadcasters, I see Jose up in the Florida State capital of Tallahassee, where in 2011 he was elected as a representative of Florida's 110th district down in the Miami Lakes Hialeah area. Won a special election, and uh, as, as he told me, said, General, my district is so conservative that I, if I said every baby four weeks old or older should have an AK-47, everybody would start applauding and say, exactly, Jose, you're right. Yep, that's it. Basically, there is no Democrat candidate. The Republican who wins the primary wins, and he has won. And four years ago, he was elected as the uh, Speaker of the House, I guess, in waiting. And uh, this past week, he was officially sworn in as the Speaker of the Florida State House of Representatives. And in his speech, he laid out his vision for easing government uh, regulations, seeking to remove the countless and unnecessary barriers to prosperity, to opportunity, and to freedom. So, congratulations to Jose Oliva. He is a uh, longtime friend. I knew him way back when they basically were making uh, these Oliva bundled cigars, Florida Oliva, which actually are very, very good cigars even to this day. They sold the company about a year and a half or so ago, but Jose is uh, still the CEO and his brothers still oversee the factory. And uh, keep your eyes on Jose, maybe a possible run for governor down the road. You never know. But what I like about Jose is he comes from the business end. He has had to make a payroll. He's had to sign the front of a check, not just the back of a check. And he is going to do a great job as Speaker of the House with Governor-elect Ron DeSantis. We dodged a bullet in terms of who our next governor was going to be. Could have been a socialist Bernie Sanders type, but we have dodged the bullet. All right, when we come back, we will conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, one of the cigars in the November 2018 Officers Club selection, which most of you should have received. If you have not received it yet from the world of Davidoff, you're probably going to get it today, Monday or Tuesday at the latest, if you're on the West Coast, Alaska, or Hawaii. Three great cigars from Davidoff, including one that we will enjoy today for the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. Much more coming your way, front and center, as we have moved the Ford Theater of Operations to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Every month, members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club receive fantastic cigars. But I have outdone myself once again. For the first time ever, the November 2018 Officers Club selection entitled The World of Davidoff will feature a Davidoff-branded cigar. We're featuring the Davidoff Winston Churchill, the late hour. When you think of Churchill, you think of cigars, you think of whiskey. 
Davidoff married both. They took cigar tobaccos. They aged them in single malt scotch whiskey barrels for six months. The result, a beautiful medium, medium, full, rich tasting cigar. We're also featuring the Avo Synchro Nicaragua, beautiful square pressed cigar, and also the Camacho Corojo, a very big, bold Honduran cigar. Three great cigars in the November 2018 Cigar Dave Officers Club, the world of Davidoff. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go now to CigarDave.com, 20 $2.95 per month gets you fantastic cigars. CigarDave.com and become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. As you should know by now, we outdo ourselves every month in the Cigar Dave Officers Club monthly selections. November 2018 featured the world of Davidoff, where for the very first time in Officers Club history, we included a Davidoff-branded cigar. Our lucky Officers Club members received, or will be receiving in the next few days, a Davidoff Winston Churchill late hour, appropriate since, and this is ironic, I didn't even realize this when we put it together, Winston Churchill's birthday is in the month of November. Talk about irony. True. I had no clue about that. But we included a Davidoff Winston Churchill, the late hour, one of the finest in their lineup, the Avo Synchro Nicaragua. Nice box-pressed avo, sweet, spicy tobaccos from Nicaragua's volcanic Ometepe region, and a really a nice, big, bold, full-flavored cigar, the Camacho Corojo, the original bold cigar built on 100% genuine Corojo seed, liberated from the Big Island, as they say. And when you look at these cigars, beautiful red band, just a fabulous-looking wrapper, uh, filler, binder combination. And when you talk about uh, Camacho, their slogan is live the loud life. And talk about a cigar that is loud. This thing is very, very bold. Honduran Corojo wrapper, just a very beefy cigar. When you look at the complexity of this cigar, tons of flavor, tons of power, but no bitterness. And we're going to pair it up with a magnificent spirit selection that Tommy Diadio, Tommy D, from Davidoff and Corona Cigars, has personally selected as the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement for the aforementioned organizations, as they say in Canada. So the Camacho Corojo, and I am pulling out the big one, the Gordo. Six inches in length, 60 ring gauge, total alpha size for your alpha male-in-chief. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Now, I need a giant cutter for this, and that's what I've got. This has got to be about a 110 ring gauge <laughs> as a hole in this cutter. And when we're looking at a 60 ring gauge, it is 60, 64, 7-inch in diameter for the cigar, so you need something big. So I pulled out a self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel cutter. Very, very large. Extra, extra large for the occasion. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, this we call 
from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories. We call this the Uzi Fire Breather because when you look at this thing, it looks like a fire-breathing Uzi. And so it's got a giant tank. The handle feels like an Uzi. I know some people are going to go get upset, but we don't really care because we're politically incorrect here, so go listen somewhere else. But we're going to use this. This is the Uzi Fire Breather created from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Fabulous cut. And by the way, our special guest, Captain Eric, longtime friend, aviation mentor. Captain Eric, let's go throttle up. It's just like you put those throttles on your AT. What, 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 what the engines, by the way, are on there? Uh, it depends on, we've got two different models. We've got the 200 and the 300. On the 200, we've got Rolls-Royce, and uh, we've got Pratt-Whitney on the... Oh, you don't have IEs on any of those? No. Those are good. Okay, what do you prefer? Which, which do you prefer better? The Rolls-Royce. The Rolls? Yeah. Nothing like those RB211 <laughs> turbofans on the... On the L-1011, greatest airplane ever built. That is a phenomenal airplane, that Lockheed 1011. Every pilot that flew it. It's like you love the uh, DC-9. You love that plane. As a passenger, you couldn't stand both, that plane. Both great. But, uh, What's your no. favorite plane of all time to fly? Um, Probably the 767. Yeah, just, just, I like just, the 7.5. You look at the 7.5, it looks like it wants to fly. Just sitting, it looks like it wants to fly. All right, so I'm going to gently... Post the foot of this magnificent-looking Corojo, a Camacho Corojo, with my Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories Uzi Fire Breather. Flame on this thing comes out about eight inches, no joke. <laughs> now, I'm going to take my time. We're talking about almost an inch in diameter of ring gauge. So we're going to gently toast the foot of that cigar. We want the wrapper to be toasted first and burn first, then the binder, and then the filler. So I've got the wrapper nicely toasted. All right, now I'm going to toast the filler, and I'm seeing a nice amber glow. Very nice. Before I even put it in my mouth, I want that toasted. Now I'll puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Mm. Captain Eric, you wow. can fire up, too. That is, that's beautiful. You, you can fire up, Hey, too. by the way, it's uh, GE engines that we have on <laughs> the, uh, we had Pratt Whitney on the 7.6. Got GE on the 300 uh, series. Sorry. See what the GE, uh, GE share price was yesterday? No. Seven bucks. Seven. It is amazing. A company time. of General Electric time to stature. Buy. Time no, to it's buy. not no. to buy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on a second here. All right, we're going to rotate. There you go. Thank you. Now, yeah. If you followed all those experts on CNBC that said, gee, great time to buy at 30. Great time to buy at 15. Great time to buy at 10. <clears throat> great time to buy at 7. I got news for you. I think it could go lower. Could go I don't know what's going to happen there, but it is hard to believe and fathom. And now they're saying they've got some major pension liabilities. So who the hell knows where it's going to, where it's going to go? But whenever you hear a guy on CNBC saying buy, that means sell. When he says sell, that means buy. Just a little rule of thumb. And no investment advice being offered. I'm not an infomercial like uh, we see on many stations around you. Yeah, Gearing returns. I am not an investment advisor. Check with your own investment advisor before you make any decisions. All right. I have now blown on the foot of this cigar. Very nice. Great flavor. Nice, huh? Wow, that is Tommy, smooth. What's your favorite Camacho? Connecticut. You know what? I like the Connecticut. That's a great Sunday morning yeah. cigar. But I'll tell you, this Camacho Corojo did a nice job bringing this thing back. Mm -hmm. Packaging is mm -hmm. great. 
I love the Camachos all the way around. I love the Ecuador, too. Ecuador is my second favorite. Very nice. All right, so Camacho Corojo is now lit. Now, we need something to accompany this special cigar that was featured in the November 2018 Officers Club selection. So, without any further delay. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Now, before we introduce the libation that Tommy Diadio shall do, a medieval structure believed to be one of the world's oldest whiskey still, if not the oldest whiskey still, has been discovered amongst the ruins of a Scottish abbey. Archaeologists uncovered the structure at the site of Linder's Abbey in Fife, noting that it's consistent with medieval kilns. Residue discovered within it is said to be in keeping with medieval brewing and distilling practices. They have found traces of charcoal, barley, oats, wheat, and pottery dated back to medieval times. The abbey was founded in 1191 on land given by King William I of Scotland. Knew him well, I call him King Willie I. <laughs> King Willie I, good guy. And his brother, the Earl of Huntington. Whiskey distilling at the site dates back to 1494, according to the Exchequer Rolls of King James IV of Scotland, marking the first written record of Scotch whiskey distillation. And a modern distillery stands near the site of the Abbey. Experts thrilled by the discovery, saying, you cannot overestimate the potential significance of the discovery. They really believe it could be amongst the first ever distilleries in the world. Now, Tommy D, I said they found what could be the oldest distillery in Scotland, so we have to have a Scotch whiskey, and you have selected a very special Scotch for our National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. So today we picked the McCallum Edition 4. Back in 2017, McCallum came out with the Edition uh, series, which is an unaged statement. So every six months, they come out with one. So two came out in 2017, Edition 1 and 2. Three and four came out this year. This one was unique because most of it is a sherry butt cask. So 42% of it is sherry butt, European sherry butt. 40% is also a sherry hogshead. And then they do 18% pungent, which is the American oak. So they use six, seven casks, and then they marinate them all together. So all these whiskeys are all over 12 years old, but they don't tell you what the no oldest. Statement. No, That's the right. oldest and the youngest is. They just leave that out. But you can tell by when you taste it, when they marinate them together. And it runs about 130 bucks. Now, I am the aroma I'm getting on the nose, it's interesting. I'm growing it very fresh. Sometimes when you get whiskey out of the barrel, you get a lot in multiple barrels. You get a lot of that woodiness. I'm not mm. getting that. No. It's I'm actually getting a lot of fruit, some mm. citrus, a little sweetness, a very mild, pleasant, aromatic aroma. That's from the sherry butt. Cheers. I'll take a sip. Just give you an idea. Edition one, when it retailed, was $100, $110. Some places, $140. Now it's reselling for $1,000 to $2,000 mm. a bottle. Oh, just like that bottle of uh, Jefferson's yeah. uh, bourbon that uh, that. All of a sudden, I see it scarfing down, and you're like, you know how much this is worth? Had no clue. Now, the, I'll tell you, the taste on this, nice warmth going down, a lot of just some sweetness. I'm getting almost a, mm, like some apricot, mm -hmm. little peach, little sweetness, a little just a little bit of peppery. A little spice in the end. A little spice, yep. yep. That's, come, that's come from the American oak. Yeah, on the CDWF, the exclusive Cigar Day warmth factor, it's got some serious heat coming down. It's about a 9.35. 
There's no doubt about it. Major heat. What do you think, Captain Eric? It's, it's outstanding. It's very uh, – I'm surprised the fruit that was coming forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little bit of honey, maybe. Yep, honey Some too. nutmeg. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's – Bacon. Clove. Yep, bacon slice, by spices. Very smooth, though. Yeah, and the bottle's very unique. It's just mm -hmm. a green yep. – uh, a basic bottle, green uh, background with gold Macallan. Edition number four. Very nice box that it comes in. And they talk about what bill, the first bill, the second bill, the third bill, you know, all the different uh, different casts that it goes in with some master distiller's note. Uh, it is a 96 proof. Which is so high for scotch. It is high. 48% alcohol by volume. But you don't really notice that. Mm -hmm. It's not alcoholy at all. Just a lot of flavors on this. Very nice. Uh, how popular is this, Tommy? One and four were the most popular. One and four? Mm -hmm. What would you think about two and three? Two was very popular for somebody with a lighter style. Three was the one everybody was waiting for. It was made by one of the master perfume master, ma masters. They took him. He never drank any of the casks. He went by smell. They took the cask he went by smell with, blended it together, and there we got Edition 3 from But the thing about Edition 3 is it's just not just as bad. It's just not McAllen style. That's the difference. So that's why the McAllen drinkers wasn't crazy about 3. And I'll tell you, McAllen... When you do a vertical tasting, we did at the Cigar Dave uh, uh, Alpha Male Pleasure Fest on the flight line last year, last February. I tell you what, that was, uh, the vertical tasting was fabulous because you really could discern the nuances between each one of the age statements. Yeah. So very, very nice. All right. When we come back, we've got to remember a couple of very important people that passed away in the past week or so. And also, well wishes, a uh, get well soon, speedy recovery to another friend of the show. As we continue front and center from the Davidoff of Geneva store and lounge, our Ford Theater of Operations for our broadcast today. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club, for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Gurkha has just launched three new cigars at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold. All three unique flavor profiles. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, more traditional, mild, and creamy cigar, typically found in many of the high-end Dominican cigars. Exquisite flavor, very velvety on the palate, featuring an Ecuadorian de Florida wrapper. The Gurkha 
Marquesa, very Cubanesque all the way around from flavor and packaging. With an earthy Sumatra wrapper, Gurkha Marquesa is a bold, well-balanced, medium-bodied and spicy cigar. The Gurkha Ghost Gold, a little different than the regular Gurkha Ghost, more flavor, a little bit bolder, featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Instead of a sweet flavor on the Gurkha Ghost, it's a more nutty and earthy profile. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold, three new cigars just launched by Gurkha. History in every century records an act that lives forevermore. We'll recall as into line we fall the thing that happened on Hawaii shore. Let's remember Very significant date upcoming this uh, next week, next Friday, December 7th, 1941. A date that shall live in infamy. The attack on Pearl Harbor, 77 years ago next Friday. And it is sad that we state to you today the oldest U.S. military survivor of Pearl Harbor, Ray Chavez, passed away at the age of one. Mr. Chavez had been battling pneumonia, died in his sleep in the San Diego suburb of Poway uh, last week. As recently as May, he had traveled to Washington, D.C., where he was honored on Memorial Day by President Donald Trump. The White House tweeted a statement Wednesday saying it was saddened to hear of Ray Chavez's passing. He said, quote, we were honored to host him at the White House earlier this year. Thank you for your service to our great nation Ray. Daniel Martinez, chief historian of the National Park Service at Pearl Harbor, confirmed Wednesday that Chavez was the oldest survivor of the attack that killed 2,335 U.S. military personnel and 68 civilians. During 2016 ceremonies marking the attack's 75th anniversary, Mr. Chavez said, and I quote, I still feel a loss. We were all together. We were friends and brothers. I feel close to all of them. And just hours before the attack, he was aboard the USS Condor, a minesweeper, as it patrolled the harbor's east entrance when he and others saw the periscope of a Japanese submarine. They notified a destroyer that sunk it shortly before Japanese bombers arrived to strafe the harbor. But by then, Chavez, who had worked through the early morning hours, had gone to his nearby home to sleep, ordering his wife not to wake him because he had been up all night. He said, "I, I... It only seemed like I slept 10 minutes when she called and said, we're being attacked. And he said, who's going to attack us? She said, the Japanese are here, and they're attacking everything. He then ran back to the harbor to find it in flames. He was later assigned to the transport ship USS LaSalle, ferrying troops, tanks, and other equipment to war-torn islands across the Pacific, from Guadalcanal to Okinawa. Although never wounded, he left the military in 1945, suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder that left him anxious and shaking. He returned to San Diego. He uh, took a job as a landskeeper and groundskeeper, attributing the outdoors, a healthy diet, and strict workout program that he continued 
into his early 100s with restoring his health. So to Ray Chavez, the oldest survivor of the attack at Pearl Harbor, passing away at the age of 106, rest in peace. Another very good friend that sadly passed away, oh, back on November 20th, just uh, about uh, 11 days ago, Ivano Toscani. Ivano Toscani was the owner of the world-famous Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar in Buffalo. He passed away at the age of 68. But what a great, true American success story for Ivano Toscani. He came, immigrated to the United States from Italy. When he first stepped foot into the Anchor Bar in 1974, he didn't go there to pick up an order of chicken wings. He came to help the owner, Frank Bellissimo, brush up on his Italian. In exchange for Italian language lessons, Bellissimo offered to teach him everything he knew about the restaurant business. He worked side-by-side side with Bellissimo for seven years, starting as a dishwasher at Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar. After Bellissimo died in 1980, his widow, Teresa, who fried up the Anchor Bar's first wings back in February 1964, the same month that this five-star was born, he urged Avano to stay. He went on to become the general manager of the restaurant, and following Dominic's death in 1991, he ended up buying the restaurant, owning the Even though we always said he was general manager, he really owned the restaurant. And uh, he just ex- kept expanding and expanding. Sergeant Steve, you've been to the Anchor Bar. You have, uh, you, every time we do a Buffalo live event, uh, our Pleasure Fest, we took you there the first time, I think, what was it, about maybe four or five years four ago? Four years ago, yes. Yeah, we go oh, every we go year. Every year Talented. we go, yes. Yep, Mix is, the Brit. Mick the Portuguese Brit, princess. great wings, great pizza, great camaraderie. It's, it's great my, atmosphere. My father, when he was a, uh, a, uh, an intern at Buffalo General Hospital in the late 1950s, remembers when the Anchor Bar was it's just near on Main Street, not far, a block away from High Street, when basically it was a small little bar. There was nothing big. And then in 1964, Teresa Bellissimo started frying up wings for her son's friends that came in late. They wanted a snack. And the next thing you know, it's history. And they've grown and grown and grown. They ship wings around the world. Ivano was born in Milan, Italy, and uh, 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 just came to the United States, took classes in English at the International Institute of Buffalo, and uh, just worked his way up. And he was a wonderful guy, a real gentleman. Whenever I would see him, we would always chit-chat. He's been on the show numerous times. Every time I'd say, Ivano, would you come on? Always came, would come to whether the studio at WBEN if I was doing my show from uh, Buffalo visiting my family, or whether we had a pleasure fest in Grand Island under the tent at the Buffalo Launch Club, or, uh, or we'd see him at the restaurant. Very, very gracious. And I'll never forget a quick story about Ivano. Uh, tell you what a guy he was. My father went into the Anchor Bar. My sister was having, I think, a football party or something. So my father said, I'll, I'll get you, I'll go to Anchor Bar, we'll ship you wings. Went to buy 100 wings. Gives the lady the credit card. And he's, my father happens to see Ivano on the way out. They chit-chat because he knew, you know, who I was. And so about two weeks later, my father says, I never get charged. You know, and 100 wings plus the shipping was, you know, going to run you about $150, whatever it was. So he calls the office. Ivano answers. And uh, my father says, Ivano, uh, it's Dr. Z. You didn't, you didn't charge my credit card. And Ivano said, ah, yeah, I didn't have time. My father says, well, charge the card. He's like, eh, it's not even worth my time. And my father, of course, got into an argument and said, Ivano, I insist. I didn't want it for free. Charge my card. They go back and forth. He says, Doc, you're bothering me, and hung up. <laughs> and that was the end of that. Every time my father would see him, they would always chit-chat. 
So Ivano Toscani passed away, and I didn't realize this. Exo Tim told this to me very quickly. Two years ago, he was held up at gunpoint with a gun to his head, robbed of $15,000, taking a deposit to the bank. And as Exo Tim said, it really shook him, as it would for anybody. And uh, he died after a, uh, apparently a, a, uh, an illness. So Ivano Toscani, Anchor Bar owner, wonderful gentleman, great guy, loves cigars, loves coming to the show. Rest in peace, my friend. You will be forever missed. May uh, you rest in peace. And we've got a cigar in your memory that will not be smoked in microphone position number two. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. This, this is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. We make no apologies for enjoying the alpha male good life. We make no apologies for loving cigars. We make no apologies for loving nice hunks of meat on the grill or in the cast iron skillet, Pittsburgh style medium rare. We make no apologies for enjoying great spirits and libations like the McAllen edition number four that we're enjoying right now thanks to Tommy Diadio, Tommy D of the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge and Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando. We make no apologies for lusting after bodacious, fabulously hot dames, elegant dames. We make no apologies for working hard and enjoying our leisure time, or as Mick DeBert would say, our leisure time. No apologies are necessary. If you don't like meat, you don't like cigars, you don't like dames, you don't like the good life, get the hell out. G-T-H-O. Bye-bye. Adios. And welcome back. Our number two of the Cigar Dave Show. From the Ford Theater of Operations, we have moved from uh, AMEN Alpha Male Entertainment Network headquarters over to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge. I have got, as always, Sergeant Steve to my left, handling the uh, technical aspects of the broadcast. Tommy Diadio the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement for Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge and the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando is out and about. He will rejoin us a bit later on. We have got Captain Eric, longtime friend, fellow aviator, also joining us. Captain Eric, you're certainly enjoying the Camacho Corojo and this McAllen edition number four. By the way, eight hours bottle to throttle, so no cockpit for you uh, until at least about uh, 10 o'clock tonight. <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> And I've got a great story talking about one of the airlines, not your airline, in just a little bit. But we left off talking about Ivano Toscani, who passed away at the age of 68 after a long illness. A wonderful guy, the, the uh, longtime owner, general manager of Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar. And if you go to many airports now across the country, they're putting in Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar. Delaware North is in Buffalo. You come in, you see it right there. They're franchising them and doing licensing agreements. And we talked about the creation of the chicken wing, Teresa Bellissimo, in 1964. February 
when her son Dominic's kids came in, or friends of her kids, and they, they were looking for something. The fryer was still on. She had the ends. They used to take, you know, the, uh, the wings off the chicken. And she said, I'll, I'll put a little hot sauce. I'll fry them up. And the next thing you know, the buffalo chicken wing is created. And you can get them around the world. I'm in Honduras, and it says buffalo chicken wings. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm down on one of the cigars. i got to order them, right? They look like little pigeon wings. They were microscopic. But nonetheless, to see buffalo chicken wings in Honduras or anywhere around the world is incredible. And one of your favorite stops, Captain Eric, when you were at Allegheny, U.S. Airways, was in Buffalo. And they had a big U.S. Airways for a long time. Allegheny did in U.S. Air. Buffalo was a big focus city. They were the number one airline. They had a U.S. Air Club. My father knew all the gals at the U.S. Air Club uh, uh, for many, many years. And then, of course, uh, they kind of changed things and they, they reduced the frequency, which is uh, really a shame because they own that market. But you used to fly many trips up there, and that was one of your favorite spots, one of your favorite layovers. Why? Well, because of the chicken wings. And, no, it wasn't uh, the weather. No, no, no. no. Well, yeah, I, I can think many times landing on runway two, three five, or five or two, three. Yeah, five or two, Still three. remember that. And, well, yeah, but, I mean, you would literally be snowing. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. We'd land at DC-9, MD-80, whatever, and taxi off in the, in the snow over to the gate, make our way over there gingerly, and uh, could not wait to get to the hotel. This was not a five-star hotel. Uh, it was right in front of the airport. It was. It, well, there were two terminals, well, the east terminal and the west terminal. Exactly. And now it's a parking lot. Uh, it is the parking lot, uh, correct. Unfortunately. But, uh, Family owned for many, many years. The Airways Hotel. And it was so old that when they first got uh, VHS, you could request a movie. That they, <laughs> they had two TV stations on the on the TV that you could go down and you'd say, hey, you know, they had a list on the on the uh down at the front desk, and you could ask for a movie, and they'd, they'd give you the list. You know, I'll never forget because I grew up in Indiana before we moved here 25 years ago, and and um, the guy said, "Oh, there's a really good movie you need to see. It's called Hoosers." I said, "Hoosers, huh?" Hoosers. Said, yeah, yeah. He said, "It's about basketball." So, anyway, um, is that spelled H O O Z E R S. Yeah. Hoosers. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, good old Gene Hackman movie. But uh, the reason that we uh, love that hotel was not because of the the accommodations by any stretch. Uh, you could hear a guy, you know, five, six doors down taking a shower in the morning and everything or whatever he was doing down there. Uh, but the food, they had uh, the restaurant bar in there was an Irish uh, little pub that they had in there, and they had the best wings. I mean, they were just unreal. They used to deliver those. We had... The Jetway, back in exactly, the old days. Back before, in the old days right. before security. Well, you had security, but they'd let you through. Exactly. You could call from one of our outstations, if you're going to be flying like LaGuardia back to Buffalo or Pittsburgh up or whatever, you could literally... We had a company line to the kitchen. Really? Yeah, our seven-digit line that you could call, and it would go right to their kitchen, and we would call and uh, we could order wings seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and you'd pull up, and you'd see that you're, you know, trying not to focus on taxiing the airplane to park the airplane, and you could see the the jetway over to your left, and you could see a couple of people standing over there, and that kid would be standing there from the airways <laughs> with, the bags. with two big bags of chicken wings, and oh, they were so good, they were always. But that's what, people would rather fly to Buffalo and overnight than go to the West Coast or whatever just for the wings. And my understanding is during the holidays, they would always the family would set up a buffet, complimentary buffet for all the airlines. They people. were our family. They were. It was it was very family. And there was a big ruckus. From what Captain Sy told me, when the airline was going to change hotels to Absolutely. some other nicer hotel downtown. Absolutely. It got so bad that uh, we had a, a deal where I think it was the, kind of driven by the flight attendants, but they would imagine that. They would say, uh, you know, we want to stay near shopping, so we'd stay out by the Galleria or something like right, that. Right, right, right. And the pilots like, 
no, it, we don't care if it is a 24-hour layover. Uh, like the cutoff was 14 hours. If it was 14, you got to stay downtown or somewhere where there's something to do. If it was 24 hours, 36 hours, we wanted to stay at the airways because of the food. And it got so bad at, at one point where guys, you know, the crew would go off to the hotel that the company's paying for, and guys would, under their own credit card, they'd say, hey, anybody wants to go to the airways and stay with me, I'm buying the rooms. And we really? would go, yeah, absolutely, we'd stay at the airways. So, wow. Well, good seen, times. I've seen a lot of the um – the stewardesses these days, and they don't look like they're shopping at nice stores. I'm not seeing a lot of taste there, I'll tell you. Not like the good old, by the way, hottest flight attendants. By, what airline am I going to tell you? I, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Virgin Atlantic. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Okay, I'm down in Miami. I'm at the, uh, I think it was at the Intercontinental Hotel downtown. We're just off of downtown. It's about 8 in the morning. I'm going, uh, leaving the hotel going to see some of these cigar manufacturers for the day on fact-finding missions. And I leave, and all of a sudden I see two giant groups of women in red, one more gorgeous than the other. And the, the worst, the ugliest was a 10. The hottest was about a 20. And I'm walking in. Remember the, the scene in um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. movies, yeah. the Pan Am pilot? Yeah. Uh, what Catch, was me. Catch, Catch me if you can. can. Yeah, and he walks in, and there's all those hot stewardesses. Yeah. Right. Same thing. They're all coming down, brunettes, blonde, all hot, short skirts looking great, and everybody's head turns. And I looked and I said, man, they're definitely not a domestic airline because I haven't seen anyone that looks like that on Delta, American, United, Continental, uh, you name it. Not even close. Those were the good old days. Now, Piedmont back in the day used to get those Southern Bills and Delta, too. Those days have changed. I mean, now they're just basically, and it's really, it, it's a shame when you think about it. Yeah, I could say, you know, when you pull up to the gate there, well, you're getting off the, off the jetway, and there's the electric cart there waiting, and you're thinking, oh, some poor pastor's got to take that. But typically it's for the crew because we're so old now. So, you know. I'm going to tell you the story about <laughs> when I was coming back from Buffalo. I won't name the airline, but. Um, Recently? That's about, uh, that's about eight years ago. Oh, okay. All right. And, yeah, it's about eight years ago, something like that. And uh, I had the same flight attendant that worked first class from Buffalo to Atlanta. I'm going to give you a hint. So you, you're going to get the hint. It's one of, one of two airlines. <laughs> to Atlanta. And, and, right, Atlanta to Tampa. And uh, she gave me her card. At first, I didn't know stewardesses had cards. Gives me her card. <laughs> But I'll tell you the story off the air. I can't tell it to, I can't tell it to you on the Where's air. Where's Captain Cy when you need it? Uh, he knows the story. He knows the story, <laughs> as do other ones of my friends. So I will have to tell you that story. But, ah, yes. But I'll tell you, when you look at those Virgin Atlantic, I mean, literally, they were like angels, angelic goddesses coming down. And I'm thinking, man, you know, instead of seeing the cigar guys, maybe I ought to head over to London with them. <laughs> That would be a much more exciting trip today. Absolutely fantastic. Well, let me give you, here's a little story talking about the airline. And I'm talking about Southwest, or as I like to call it, South. I'm not a big Southwest fan. Sergeant Steve, you like Southwest? Eh, yeah, you take them because they're nonstop. I call them Southwest. Unfortunately, out of Tampa, sometimes that's the only direct flight you can get to some city. Exactly. So, like Vegas for the International Premium Cigar Retailers Committee. Let's put it this way. I'm in Atlanta. I had to take a, uh, a flight coming back uh, about a week or so, a week or two ago on a Sunday. I had to be up for flight training. Sure. So I fly up early in the morning, and I took Delta. And Delta, the, the fare coming back was just ridiculous. 
So I said, all right, Southwest, I got tons of free tickets. I mean, all right, whatever. You know what? I'll just use it. So I got there about an hour and 45 minutes, and, of course, there's no Sky Lounge. There's no airline <laughs> club on Concourse uh, C at, uh, at Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. They've redone it, the terminal, but it's Southwest. Let's put it this way. It's like walking into a Greyhound bus terminal. There are people, first of all, there's, no, there's one restaurant you can sit down, a Longhorn Steakhouse. That was packed. There are all these little, and Atlanta terminals are long and narrow. So there's like a, a, um, a sub shop. There's a pizza joint. There's another Italian place. There's a gelato. And I see these, I smell pizza and pasta, and there's these people sitting on the floor <laughs> eating pizza out of the box or their, or their baked ziti with their hands. And I'm looking, I'm saying, the general does not sit on the floor and eat, okay? They're sitting with their crunchy granola, you know, uh, Birkenstock uh, sandals with very bad-looking feet. You know, get a pedicure at least. It is horrible. The smell is atrocious. It's, you know, 7 o'clock at night. I can't wait to get home. And I'm everywhere you go in the terminal. They're eating gelato on the floor. They're eating the subs from uh, whatever, Billy Jack's Sub Shop or whatever the hell that place is called. Every single place you go to, I mean, outside the, the, the newsstand where they sell nuts and water, the people were eating their nuts and their potato chips on the floor. Have they not heard of chairs? So, of course, I'm not doing this. I don't care how hungry I am, I'm not eating on the floor. And I kept thinking to myself, I am in a freaking Greyhound bus terminal. I mean, this is what it has come down to. The old days where they'd serve you a nice steak in first class. Mm. The only good thing, I tell you what, though, I have stolen more first class bibs. In fact, let me show you. I always carry this in my pocket. What do I always, Sergeant Steve, everybody, come on. Everybody laughs at me because what do I wear when I eat? You always have one in your pocket, and you always wear it when you eat. It is a bib. It is. Now, this is the napkin. Now, you'll notice this is not just any. This is, by the way, United. United okay. right now has the finest. And Air Canada has some very nice napkins as well. They've got the Air Canada logo. It's very oversized. So, now, Captain Eric, this is, you know, you think a regular napkin, right? Got the buttonhole. That is correct. There you go. That yep. is correct. And so, what I very do nice. is I button the middle button on my polo shirt here. And when I eat, I put the button through the buttonhole, and I have a beautiful bib, and if there are any stains that may pop on, it goes right on my bib Very instead nice. of my shirt. Very nice. Okay, and everybody laughs at me. I've got a lot of friends that go, ha oh, that's hysterical. You were, I never get a stain on my shirt. And I'm walking out with a very good friend of mine. This has got to be about mm, maybe last, it's right around my birthday, so last February or March, took me out to lunch, and he's laughing at me going, that is hysterical. Come on, I mean, that's ridiculous. And he goes, I never get, never get stains on my shirt, never, I don't need to wear it, whatever. So we're leaving out in the sunlight. I look and I said, hey, why don't you take a look down? <laughs> he had splatters of soy, went to a sushi restaurant, splatters of soy sauce, right? And, of course, I got a couple of splatters, but it was on my bib. He's had him. He's like, damn, this is an expensive shirt. I said, would you like me to get you a bib? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I may have to wear that. So this is funny. I'm on, um, it's on Delta. I'm going out to Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, everybody's getting served breakfast, and I get my breakfast, and I put, first thing I do is take my, my napkin, and I put it right on, boom, you know, right through the buttonhole. The flight attendant stops, looks at me, and she said, I have never seen anybody do that before. I, I was wondering why they put a little hole in the napkin. I said, come on, you can't be serious. I said, how long have you been flying? She said, 10 years. Now, almost everybody I know 
way back in the day when businessmen, remember the old days when you'd get a nice meal up, oh, yeah. up front? Everybody, all the businessmen would always wear it. Nobody does it anymore. I'm one of the last breeds. So every time I go, I always make sure I take the napkin. And I got tons of them. I've got probably about 100 of them at home. But this is a fine one. Now, here's an interesting story way back. One of the honorary members of the harem was a United flight attendant. And I told her, I said, you know, I re- she saw me, you know, we had dinner and had one of these napkins. And I, she said, that's one of ours. I said, that is correct. Love them. About a week later, she's going on some long trip. Get a package from her. Big, bulky package in my mailbox. I opened it up. It wasn't ticking, so I knew I was okay. <laughs> There's about 20 of these in there. She said, yeah, we get plenty of extras. You know, that comes in a big thing. I just sent them to you. These are fantastic. Nice gray, nice little material. Very, very nice. But there is, this is what we call the ASRD. This is the CDASRD, the Cigar Dave Anti-Stain Repelling Device. And it works like a charm. Now, Captain Eric, when you're up, you know, getting your crew meal. Yes, my hot fudge sundae. What do they, what do they normally give you? Do they give you the same as first class? Yeah, we get, we get a first class meal and... Uh uh, it, you know, it, it, it changes every month, thankfully, because you do get tired of them. Uh, a lot of people bring their own food, as a matter of fact, because you get tired of the same... No, no, I want to be catered to. I, well, I, I don't want to bring my own food, okay? Well. I love... Wait, this is another one. Love when you get on a plane, and it's 5.30 a.m. I like taking early flights. I like to get there where I need, you know, want to be there nice and early. 5.30 in the morning, and the lady sitting next to me has got either a, a bag of Popeye's fried chicken... <laughs> Or a pea, I swear to you, at five. And I'm, Doesn't that smell nice? Now, I'm one of these, I'm not a big breakfast eater. If I'm on a plane, I will. But I like the intermittent fasting. So I won't eat till 1 o'clock in the afternoon usually. And I'm smelling this. At, you know, I want to smell Ugh. freshly brewed coffee. That's what I like to smell in the morning. I do not, do not want to smell anchovies and pepperoni <laughs> and grease and fried chicken at 5.30 in the morning. And I'm not BSing. I'm just telling you that. And I see them. They're eating it on a table without a napkin. And those tables are just infested with microbes and germs and varmin and crust. No, thank you. I wait for the tray. And then I, of course, bring my own little wipes. But I like to be catered. Do you wear the bib napkin in I, on the flight deck? I, I don't. I, I, I don't... Uh do the buttonhole. Um, well, it's going to come back to bite you. Guess One what? Day, I, I don't get stains on my shirts. Ah, <laughs> famous last words. When you get, listen, on your black clip-on American tie, yeah. when you get the little stain on there. It comes off as soon as the door is <laughs> shut. <laughs> do you wear a regular tie or clip-on? No, it's a clip-on on there. I mean, it, obviously. Can you get a regular tie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. But There's uh, no way. I, I take what? mine off. Okay, great. I would loosen it. You can still take it off. Yeah. You can, I'll tell you what you can do. A little trick. You can loosen it. Right. You know, probably about eight inches and just take it off your neck. I, yeah. not a lot of guys do that. I don't. I, I can don't. make it, you know, no problem. No. The last time I wore a clip-on tie was in second grade <laughs> I when agree. we had to take our class picture, and my mother put the clip-on tie, and you could yeah. see a little bit of the end yeah. coming out after that point. And maybe, I think, third grade, I had a, a velvet red bow tie that was a clip-on. After that, I wear the real deal. Yeah. And I still have problems doing a real bow tie. Uh, I see a lot of people with the clip-ons. But you know what? If you're going to be in a Las Vegas entertainer like Frank Sinatra, right, Dean Martin, right. or Don Rickles, then guess what? I'm going to wear right. a real... No, I've got a real bow tie, or several real bow ties with my tux, as well as Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott can, can Who tie... Who is your son? Longtime friend yep, yeah, our, our, of the show. Our We've our had him... Surgeon, right. like Dr. Z. And, That's exactly uh, right. But he can tie his own uh, bow tie. I cannot. Lori has to tie it. Any, anytime we go out with me and my tux, I'm going to... I have her so tie if my you tie. ever have, you ever I can have, tie my own tie, but not a bow tie. If you ever have to open up for Wayne Newton, you're, 
called in a pinch and say, hey, Captain Eric, we yeah. need you to open up before Wayne hits Donker Shane. Yeah. You're going to go on with one of those geeky-looking clip-on ties. No, I would never do that. That's, that's right up there. With you got to have the ones, you know, that look that flops a little bit. Like Sinatra. Like those guys. Because you know what's cool? When they're on stage, midway through three oh, quarters, yeah. what do yeah. they do? Yeah, they, they pull, pull the tie yeah. and the yeah. thing just comes right, down right, with the right. open button. You can't do that with a clip-on tie. I feel like you're almost comparing me to uh, Voice Talent Ed when he was going through the soap issue with the Portuguese princess. Remember that? when he had I do the, not uh, remember that. Wait, it was on the show. Wait, you had called he it. wasn't in prison, it was, was he? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a rope. No, because <laughs> he liked like a scented soap or whatever. And you said, no, you got to use, uh, you know. Irish mist, you know, or whatever spring, it was. Irish spring, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't remember that? Because, I don't remember. What yeah, was, was he, he was using? It was some, like. Brute by Fabergé soap on no, a rope? It was, no, it was more like a, a lavender or something like that or whatever. Lavender. So, yeah, I mean, whatever get, it was. Get, you have get to voice talent it. up here immediately. We need some remedial instruction. Yeah. That yeah. is not a, yeah. lavender. Did it have little, was it lavender with some some sort of little aromatic. Pumice, little, uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. No, I can't, can't remember. You know what? There was an unusual. We flew up on Alpha Army 1 to Buffalo. Uh, and hang on. By the way, Baron, uh, my, my assistant uh, canine security detail is starting to wander around here, but he's very friendly. He makes himself right at home. The official mascot of Dowd off of Geneva Store and Lounge. But we were going up. I thought I smelled something a little unusual in the cabin, and I couldn't put it because, I mean, I was wearing my Bulgari, you know, cologne, and I didn't know what it was. So it's voice telling that with his lavender and, and uh, chicky hibiscus, all sorts of other scents. Yeah, maybe a little ginger. But does he go know. to Bed Bath? Sorry, no, yeah. what is it? A bed and Body Works to buy it? Yeah. But, hey, sorry, voice telling that. I didn't mean to blow the whistle there, but I will say this. There is a soap that I do buy, a hand soap, and a candle that I light in my office from Bed and Body Works. Bed, Bath, and Body Works, or whatever they call it. Bed and Body Works, Bath and Body Works. I'm glad you and don't know people, what it's wait, called. Wait, wait. You know, I do know what it's called. But Stress relief. Stress relief. Oh, oh, the candle. You're talking about the yeah, and soap. Also, and also the yeah, soap. It yeah. is very masculine. But I said right. stress relief. Ah, massage and, you know, all good stuff. All right. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to get to, uh, we, we ran a little late, but I want to talk about this Southwest Airlines story about one of their employees mocking a five-year-old's name, and for good reason. But a couple of things. Uh, this coming Wednesday, December 5th, marks the one-year anniversary of the passing of our longtime friend, Jose O. Padron, the founder of Padron Cigars, who passed away, I think he was 90 or 91 when he passed away. And we did an extensive interview, about a three-hour interview, multi-part interview, about a year before his passing. Sergeant Steve, let's post that for everybody to see right on the homepage at CigarDave.com. If you have not listened to that, we were with his son, George, who translated fascinating story about Jose Opadron came to this country with nothing and basically was given a hammer and said, you know, you want to, here's a hammer, you can make money with this hammer. And that's why if you look at Padron and all their, their logos and their ads, they have a little hammer, El Martelito, a hammer. Very significant uh, part of the Padron story. So, Jose O. Padron, we certainly miss him. And I will see uh, George and Orlando Padron down in Miami in the next few weeks. And it's just not the same without seeing the great Jose O. Padron. We will continue around the corner. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show.
In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Ocho candelas para mí. Hanuka linda está aquí. Ocho candelas para mí. Una candelica, dos candelicas, tres candelicas, cuatro candelicas, cinco candelicas, seis candelicas, siete candelicas, ocho candelicas para mí. Eight candles for the eight nights of Hanukkah begins tomorrow evening at sundown. And in association in conjunction with Hanukkah, we celebrate the Festival of Lightation. So eight nights of Hanukkah, you light eight candles, one candle on each night. Then we have the Festival of Lightation that I created, eight different cigars over eight nights. So beginning tomorrow evening, we will post. Uh, Sergeant Steve, what time do we normally post that? We're going to post that, what, 6 o'clock? Okay, 6 o'clock. Yeah, we'll do it earlier because sundown technically is like 4.30 in the north. Why don't we post it at 4 o'clock Eastern? 4 o'clock Eastern time every day for the next eight nights beginning tomorrow. And we're going to have a special Padron family reserve that we will kick off the Festival of Lightation 2018 with tomorrow. And a very uh, quick, speedy recovery wishes to Coach Mike Dicka, former NFL coach and uh, longtime broadcaster who had a heart attack down in Naples when he was uh, playing golf, had some chest pain, was hospitalized last week after, uh, they said, suffering a heart attack. They said it was minor, so don't know if he had stents or what the extent was. He uh, uh, turned 79 in October, loves cigars, smokes a lot of cigars. May have to cut back a little bit on the cigars. But uh, people forget that Coach Ditka had a heart attack back in, 19, uh, when he was, I think, what, 47, 48, when he was coaching the Bears. Okay, here's a question for you. Who's going to win? If you got a heart attack or Dicka? Dicka. What if the heart attack's named Heart Attack Dicka? Yeah, then the heart attack's going to win. But I remember the uh, super fans on SNL when Saturday Night Live was actually funny. Remember those skits? Long time ago, yeah. That was great. Those guys were funny. And Todd Swirsky from uh, So-and-So Sports Bar here in Kankakee, Illinois. We got Todd. Todd, what are you having? He's got his chicken wings, his bratwurst, and I'll never forget. He's, Todd would start talking, and that was... Uh, 
who played that part? That was um, not John Candy. What was the other? Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Thank you. Chris Farley. And they had the Bears shirts and everything and the sunglasses that look like Coach Dick. And I'll never forget, all of a sudden in the middle, he starts like, you know, choking and beating his heart. He's like, eh, Todd's having another heart attack. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and then he hit him, you know, a couple of times. He's like, okay, there, I'm good. Yep, I'm fine. So that was, that was now I'm going to talk like this. The super fans, the whole show. Coach Dicka. We're going to have a little uh, kibasa. We're going to have some chicken wings, some uh, Vienna beef sausage. Those guys were funny. That was a great skit. You can go to YouTube. You can watch it all day. But Coach Ditka has appeared on this show many times. We've had him live at the Cigar Retailers Convention. Camacho does a cigar with Coach Ditka. He is a wonderful guy. I'm going to tell you a story about Coach Ditka. Got to be about uh, 10 years ago when he was still at CBS. It was ESPN. ESPN, I'm sorry. He was at ESPN. And I had arranged with him. I called him earlier in the week. I've got his cell number. No problem. I call Coach Dicka, and he, he's like, hello. <laughs> I'm like, Coach Dicka, it's the general, Cigar Dave. Hey, Dave, how you doing? All right, so I call Coach Dicka, and uh, I said, Coach, I want to have you on uh, this coming Saturday. We're doing our NFL preview. Can I get you on? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Call me Friday. Remind me. So I call him Friday afternoon, and I said, Coach Dicka, tomorrow I want to get you on like around, uh, you know, 1.30, last half hour. 1.30 to 2. Yeah, no problem. So uh, we, we always do a reminder call like around 11.30, and I called him. I said, hey, Coach Dicka, just don't, don't forget 1.30. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. After the, uh, the, the, the interview, he does a great interview. He's fantastic. I called him. I said, hey, Coach Dicka, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. You know, you're always great. He's like, yeah, no problem. He goes, uh, yeah, we had a big production meeting, but I told him I had to do an interview with Cigar Dave, and they're like, yeah, okay, no problem. Don't, I missed the part of the production meeting, and I said, <laughs> Coach, I would have rescheduled. He goes, no, no, no. He said 1.30, no problem. They work around me. I said, okay, there you go. So classics, that's how he was. When you tell him, you know, one thir- hey, he's going to do it. Another great story. IPCPR convention, I want to say, was in New Orleans. Got to be more than 10 years ago. At the time, he was doing a cigar with Greycliffe down in the Bahamas. Coach Ditka... The night before, I see him. I'm out at like 1 in the morning, and he's just getting warmed up after dinner in one of the restaurants. He's pounding them back, smoking cigars. I said, Coach, don't forget tomorrow. You're first up tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, Dave, no problem. Don't worry about it. And I tell the, uh, the guys from Greycliffe, I go, don't forget. He's coming 10 o'clock tomorrow, right? As soon as you enter our stage cameras, don't worry about it. No problem. So I get there around, uh, you know, 930 to set up, and I see the guys from Greycliffe. And I said, hey, don't forget. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. He's going to be here. I said, hey, what time did you guys uh, head out? He goes, eh, I think Coach Dick uh, got back to his room about 6. <laughs> I said, 6 eight. Where the hell did you guys go? Eh, we had a few drinks here. Then we went another place to the French Quarter, had some drinks, and he had a few more cigars. I said, he's never going to make it. 9.59 a.m., man, he comes strolling in, no problem, ready to go. I said, Coach, heard you got in late. He goes, eh, 6 o'clock. He goes, eh, I got, I got three and a half hours of sleep. That was plenty, no problem. So classic Coach Mike Ditka story. We're continuing from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, where we have moved the Ford Theater of Operations and Command Center Alpha. we got Sergeant Steve, uh, and we've got my good friend Captain Eric. Now, Captain Eric, long time. how long have you been flying, by the way, Captain Eric? Well, uh, let's see. In a few days here, December 14th, will be my 36-year anniversary with the company. How many landings do you have, do you know? <laughs> I have no idea. More than me. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, I get all three in at one time. You know, we need three every 90 days. Well, you need so, three, yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I, did, I did shoot currency a few weeks ago, so I did. I took off from Tampa, did a couple of touch-and-goes at Peter O'Knight, nice crusty, crusty crosswinds, came back, 
Tampa, boom, had my three takeoffs Perfect. and landings ready to go and then did two more that day because I uh, flew down uh, down to uh, Naples for uh, lunch and back. But you got more than I do, I can tell you that. No, no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts. So uh, you've been flying how many years, did you say? 36 years. 36. Well, 36 years with American. What was the first plane you ever flew when you were getting your private? Cessna 150. I got a 152. Oh, okay. And after I got my license, it's a two-seater. Was have 110 horsepower, I think. Uh, I don't that much. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget the flight instructor says, "Okay, you're gonna solo." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and I thought the, the the I thought the plane was a rocket. It had so much power compared to having two people in there. When there's yeah, one guy, right. the thing actually climbed more than 500 feet a minute. But after I got my license, I said, "I'm never going in a Cessna 152 ever again," and I never have, never have. No. But your the Cessna 152 would fit. You could get that plane. You get about four of them in your current A330 cockpit. Uh, yeah, in the cockpit, I was going to say. No yeah, question right, about right, it. Right. No yeah. doubt about it. All right. Well, this is an interesting story. Southwest Airlines. This took place in Orange County, California, John, John Wayne Airport. Tracy Redford was boarding a Southwest Airlines flight to go back home to El Paso, Texas, with her five-year-old daughter, when she overheard an airline employee mocking her daughter's name. The Redfords were pre-boarding when the Southwest Airlines agent started laughing and pointing at the child and making fun of her unique name to fellow airline employees. Tracy Redford said, I turned around and said, hey, if I can hear you, my daughter can hear you, so I'd appreciate it if you just stop. Redford said her daughter was with an earshot and asked her mom, mom, why is she laughing at my name? Mom said, you know, honey, not everybody is nice, and not everybody's going to be nice, and it's unfortunate. She didn't find out until later, though, that the unidentified Southwest Airlines employee took a picture of the girl's boarding pass, which she shouldn't have done, and posted it on Facebook to take her name-shaming public. Southwest Airlines has apologized. Now, here is what I have. I've kind of buried the lead here. The girl's name. Now, the girl's name isn't like Loretta or Janie, or Joni, or pick a name. Susie. Susie, whatever. whatever. Or even one of those, like, you know, crazy names like Moon Unit or whatever. The girl's name is spelled A-B-C-D-E. How would you you pronounce that name? The girl's name, legal name, the mother, first of all, the Southwest employee should have made fun of that name because A, B, C, D, E. What do you think that, how does, how does it pronounce, do you think? Absidi? Ab, 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 ab. What do you think, Sergeant Steve? Take a guess. Abcade? The mother said it's pronounced Abcity. A, B, hyphen C, I, T. Abcity. A, B, C, D, E. Now, here's the reality. I wouldn't have made fun of the girl. I would have made fun of the mother for being such a schmuck for naming your daughter A-B-C-D-E. Have you ever heard of such complete and utter nonsense? Ab-City. Talk about a stupid name. I mean, I, I looked at it first. I said, is Abkadi? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> here, Abkadi. Like, what? So I was thinking about this on some other potential, you know, names, um, how about F-G-H-I-K? Figjik. Here's another one. L-M-N-O-P. You could say, oh, it's pronounced L-M-N-O-P. <laughs> okay, great girl's name, L-M-N-O-P. But it's spelled L-M-N-O-P-E. How, or L-M-N-O-P. How stupid 
What happened to normal names? Steve, Eric, Dave. What happened? Who names their kid A, B, C, D, E? And of course, this made the rounds on Facebook and on all the newspaper and the, the, the online articles. People are like, the mother was the one that should have been publicly shamed. What a moron. Why would you do that to your daughter? If I was this girl, I would legally change my name at 18. A, B, C, D, E. Sergeant Steve? How about QWERTY? QWERTY. Easy to type. Right, a QWERTY. Exactly. You could, <laughs> hi, QWERTY. How do you spell that? Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Just like a QWERTY keyboard. How about, what's your nickname? Key. The keyboard. So stupid. Southwest, of course, apologized and said, we extend our sincere apology to the family. We take great pride in extending our Southwest hospitality to all of our customers, which includes living by the golden rule and treating every individual with respect in person or online, blah, 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 blah. What I would have said is, as an airline, we sh the employees should not have posted anything on Facebook. She should not have made fun of the daughter, but she should have absolutely ridiculed the mother for naming the kid <laughs> such a stupid cockamamie name, A, B, C, D, E. Ab City. I mean, that sounds like a waypoint, an aviation waypoint, for Christ's sake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, American uh, 751 Heavy, you're cleared to Ab City, and then uh, direct London. That was a new work gym. Ab City. Ab City. Well, that's, a, that's another thing. Exactly right. That, that's a, perfect. Great gym. So absolutely nuts. Now, this is a very sad story. And I normally don't like to bring up sadness on a on the Cigar Dave show. But a woman had to cancel her dream wedding just a week before the big day. Claire Dalton, her ex-husband, her ex-fiance kept a secret from her throughout their four-year friendship and relationship. She was so shocked that she had to call off the marriage despite having spent six months planning it. You see, Claire is 21 years old. She's very religious. She dreamed of a relationship which was true and pure governed by God's law since she was a young girl. She thought she'd found that with her unnamed fiancé, who she split from a year ago, but now she believes it was all a lie from the beginning. This is a sad tale because just a week before the wedding, Claire and her fiancé were running errands for their big day, and she checked his phone to see if a shop was still open. But when she saw his search bar, she realized he had been searching for pornography, possibly just hours ago, and she felt sick to her stomach. At first, her husband-to-be lied and said his brother had borrowed his phone before later admitting, it's me. Claire said, at first I thought it was some sick joke. It never occurred to me that pornography addiction would ever leak into my life or affect me in such a deep and excruciating way. After hearing him admit the truth, she called off the wedding, had to call every one of her 300 guests to break the news. She said the porn wasn't the problem, but the fact that he lied about it for years. Now, let me just give my professional commentary on this. If a man says he doesn't or has never watched porn, first of all, he is an absolute unadulterated liar, okay? Every normal heterosexual, I guess even, even some gay men probably watch gay porn, not... As, as what was it on Seinfeld? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but not my cup of tea, thank you very much. I don't want to know who's giving and who's receiving. But if a man, heterosexual man says, I, I, I've never seen naked women before. I've never had a Playboy or penthouse. I, I've, I've never seen porn before. Are you kidding me? Come on. I mean, it is actually, if a woman says to a guy, have you ever watched porn? And the guy says, never. Dump him. Dump him, because there's something wrong with him. Either he's gay 
or he's lying, or he is a wussified beta, or he's an asexual amoeba. Dump him. Hit the eject button. Boom. Eject. Forget about it. So this poor woman's had to cancel her wedding, discovering her fiancé watches porn. When I saw the headline, I'm like, what man doesn't? That's the bigger question. Come on. This is so ridiculous. And for her to say, oh, I was dreaming it would be so pure. Come on. Listen. It, it is the 21st century with the availability. You literally can't go any. I mean, I get emails from friends all the time saying, you got to watch this. But, of course, NSF, not suitable for work. Well, of course, you know, my office, no problem. I can watch whatever I want in my office. And I'll see it. You know, and they'll, you know I'll never forget. A guy sends me one. Some chick doing it with like a, a horse or whatever, or whatever, and I'm like, this is totally sick and perverse. But what? Anybody that tells you they've never seen it, forget it. They are lying. And ladies, you want a man that has seen porn. You want a guy that says, "Hey, that's a good tip." You know what? I'm going to try that pile driver position next time. You know that reverse cowgirl? I'm going to give that one a shot. You know what? Little doggy bow wow, no problem. You want. A guy, you want a guy that says, hey, I'm a little adventurous. I, I've seen, that's a great position. I've never tried that. You know what? Boom. I'm going to mark that down. I mean, what woman doesn't love pile driver once in a while? Right, Captain Eric? Captain Eric, you're speechless. I've never seen you like this before. <laughs> I'm thinking about David Allen Greer. When he does the bit about where he's an ex-porn guy and he's talking about all the different positions, uh, well, I mean... Have you ever seen that? I have not seen great, it. Great skit. I have not seen it, but you can basically... Think about this. What are the... You got missionary. <laughs> you got cowgirl. Reverse cowgirl is always pleasant. You got doggy, the pile driver. Uh, and I'm sure there's some others that I've, I've not mentioned here. But I will tell you that it's always a... It's a great, you know, classic starter when you date a woman and say, do you ever like, do you like pile driver? And they're like... What's pile driver? Like, oh, you are in for a treat, sweetheart. And then you tell them, and they're like, I can't believe that. In any event, poor little whatever her name is, uh, Claire. Claire's wedding and her life now is permanently ruined. Oh, well. Hey, I'm not giving up my harem. harem. They love the fact that I'm worldly and well-versed in these matters. Final concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. 
Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Every month, members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club receive fantastic cigars. But I have outdone myself once again. For the first time ever, the November 2018 Officers Club selection entitled The World of Davidoff will feature a Davidoff-branded cigar. We're featuring the Davidoff Winston Churchill, the late hour. When you think of Churchill, you think of cigars, you think of whiskey. Davidoff married both. They took cigar tobaccos, they aged them in single malt scotch whiskey barrels for six months. The result, a beautiful medium, medium, full, rich tasting cigar. We're also featuring the Avo Synchro Nicaragua, beautiful square press cigar, and also the Camacho Corojo, a very big, bold Honduran cigar. Three great cigars in the November 2018 Cigar Dave Officers Club, the world of Davidoff. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go now to CigarDave.com, 20 $2.95 per month gets you fantastic cigars. CigarDave.com and become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. It's the most wonderful time of the show When the general is gripping a stick for a clipping and that's when you know it's the most wonderful time of the show. Frankie Sumatra and the Cigar Dave Singers. It's the hap- happiest segment of all. With cigar-friendly meetings and long ashes greetings when lieutenants call. It's the hap- happiest segment of all. There'll be cigars for clipping and cognac for sipping from Tampa to San Diego. It's all over the nation, it's cigar litation, it's right here on your radio. It's the most wonderful time of the show. So go through your selection and choose with affection, cause everyone knows it's the most wonderful time of the show. The great Frankie Sumatra and these Cigar Dave singers, and I'll tell you one thing about Frankie Sumatra when he performs. He doesn't wear a clip-on bow tie. He wears a real bow tie when he's performing in Vegas. He opens up for Paul Zim and the Zim Tones many occasions. All right, as we wrap it up, final segment here on the Cigar Dave Show. And Captain Eric, we appreciate you uh, joining us as our special guest host today. Hope you enjoyed the experience. Oh, Thanks for having me. You got to sit in the right seat with me, it's, basically. Yeah, yeah. As always. Exactly. I'll put in your logbook, by the way. Please, your, your please. Your broadcast Pencil logbook. me in. You get two hours of, of dual instruction. Yeah, Parker 51 time there. There you, <laughs> there you go. Hey, just uh, want to remind you a couple of things. Those of you that are a member of the Officers Club, the uh, December 2018 selection comes from Gurkha. It is the Gurkha Marquesa. Very Cubanesque cigar. Wonderful packaging. Very old world. We launched it at the Cigar Dave uh, Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water up in Buffalo mid-August. A beautiful stick. You will love that. And that comes off the great November 2018 selection. The World of Davidoff. The Davidoff Winston Churchill Late Hour. 
the Camacho Corojo, and the Avo Synchro Nicaragua. And we've got many more selections. It makes a great holiday gift. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. Gets you three of the latest and greatest in the world of cigars every month shipped right to you. Great holiday gift. Sign up now. Perfect gift for your harem, your husband, your spouse, your mistress, whatever the case may be. All right, don't forget, big night. The Festival of Lightation begins tomorrow at sundown. Check CigarDave.com. Eight nights of great cigars. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Wishing all of you that celebrate a good yontif. Happy Hanukkah. Light the first candle tomorrow night at sundown. And then right after, celebrate the Festival of Lightation by lighting the first cigar of the great festival. Enjoy. Enjoy.